Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We are hoping you have a Merry Christmas, and this is the weekend before Christmas, and we're just so excited. <clears throat> At my house, we're, we are celebrating Jesus Christ, uh, not just his birth, but his life, his death, his resurrection. Uh, Jesus Christ, he is the reason for the season. That would make a good, good bumper sticker, I believe. No, it is, and we thank you for listening today. We hope you've had a great day so far. But we're going to explore the possibilities of not just having a meaningful Christmas, we hope you do, but we hope you have a missional Christmas. Uh, by that I mean, you're if you've been saved, you're on mission from God and God wants you to make a difference where you are. For some of you, this is a very painful time. This may be the first Christmas you've had without a loved one. Uh, it may be a difficult time because of some financial issues, and you just couldn't do the things you usually do. But we want this program to minister to you and bless you. And uh, I've talked to enough people over the years that when people are hurting, and when people are just down, one of the greatest things they can do is to serve others. It seems like that's what helps people overcome uh, where they are. And you say, well, I'm too weak. I'm too sad. You're not. You're not. God can help you, and he will strengthen you, and he'll bless you. So we want you to have a missional Christmas. To celebrate that, we've had some, we have some guests in the studio today that I've asked to come uh, they're work associates of mine. See them just about every day, and uh, these these people, all, all three of three of the four, are experts on being on exploring missions. We've got one rookie, and uh, we're going to really take care of him. But we've got we got four people in the studio today, and uh, we're glad to have them. I'm going to introduce, and when I introduce your name, tell us what you do here at AFA and AFR. Our first one on my right is Ann Reed. Welcome, Ann. Thank you, Brother Bird. So glad to be here once again. And you do what? I am a writer for the American Family Association for the AFA Journal, print issue, print magazine, and then also write for our our blog site, The Stand. And you also type for me sometimes. That's right. That's (laughs) my my, uh, part-time job on the side when I can fit it in is typing up. Uh, Brother Bert Harper's blog. And it's pretty, you have to make a lot of English corrections. Oh, not too many. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Ann, for not making it <laughs> as bad as it really is. Our other guest is Joy Lucius. Joy, welcome. Thank you, Brother Bert. And what do you do here? I do pretty much the same thing Ann does. We work together for the AFA Journal as staff writers, and we also get to blog for The Stand. Okay, blog. Blog. I love to blog. It, now, you know, if if somebody was listening and they had not been around for 10 years, <laughs> they wouldn't know what you were talking about. Would they? Have I, you noticed how our language has changed? It really has. The Internet's changed a lot of things that it we has. do. It has. Yeah. 
So welcome today. Thank you for asking me. Another guest is Bo Hefner. Bo, welcome. Welcome, Brother Bert. (laughs) (laughs) Bo is, uh, he's been on program before, and but he was reluctant to come back, but I twisted his arm. (laughs) And and it hurt. It hurt. And uh, he's one of my favorite people here. All of them are, but I love Bo. He kind of, we do something, we have something in common on prom night. You say, prom night, what is that? It's not to shine in February. Uh, Bo is at Hillcrest Baptist Church, where I'm interim pastor, and he helps there with those people that they come, the Tim Tebow Night to Shine. and That's a highlight part of a year, isn't it? It's, it's one of the most special things that we do as a family. It yeah. is. Well, tell us what you do here and what you're about to do, I guess. You're in transition, aren't you? Yes, sir. I work in the engineering department, been there five years, and, and transitioning over to a campus administrative assistant type position yeah. to help out with some other roles. But uh, whatever AFA asks me to do, I will do. And uh, the scary part is, where's your office going to be? Right across from the amazing Brother Burt Harper. Oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, that's amazing. We love to have a close fellowship. So, Bo, welcome to my hallway. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our new rookie. Guys, <laughs> you Yay! applaud the rookie? Yay! Yeah, applaud the rookie. Matthew White. And Matthew has been here a year. A year. I saw that on the board. Birthdays and anniversaries of work anniversaries. They put on a board, and I noticed you've been here a year now, man. Yeah, praise God. I'm surprised they haven't fired me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not know this, that I was doing this until I walked over the other day to make sure of the time when we could, you know, pre-record this. And I said, all three of these guys work in the journal. I, I didn't know that. So, Bo, you and I are the odd men out here today. I'm used to that. Okay. But tell us what you do. At the yeah, I, I just as Miss Ann and Miss Joyce, I, I work in the journal department with them. And uh, I won't be as confident as they are and say I'm a writer. I say I attempt to write. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> have a good, year, you have a good editor over there, and he really helps us out. Yeah. Well, he, he can. When he gets a hold of mine, even after Ann edits mine and I give it to Randall, uh, he said it wouldn't be Burt's if I didn't have a few red marks on it. So he, he he's going to find something to edit. We but, all relate. Yes, we do. <laughs> he's a great teacher, though. Amen. Well, I am thankful you guys would come. And I I, I ask all four of you on purpose. Yeah, you were, I, I knew your hearts, and uh, that's what, there's two or three things we look for on exploring missions is a relationship with Christ, their heart for God and for others, and doing something about it. Amen. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what missions is, is Amen. doing Amen. something about what God has given to us and giving it to others. And we do it in different ways. Yes. And do. so we've talked about it, and I've heard, I know a little bit about where you guys are going, and I'm going to mix this up and conversational. I'm going to start with Joy. <laughs> and and Joy, uh, your story about, I ask you about, do you have something that your family does? And a specific story came to mind. Yes. Would you mind sharing that with us? And when you hear this, say, okay, I can do some of this. Some of it you might not want to be as far as Joy's family went, but you can still be a part of it. Go ahead, Joy. Well, I I'm sure that many of our listeners participate in Operation Christmas Child, and they pack shoeboxes to send to needy children across the world. It's a a great uh, mission that has been going on for years. So my family has always done that. But our favorite story of packing a shoebox 
has to do with my son, who is now 30 years old and a baseball coach. But at eight, he still loved baseball, and he loved Ken Griffey Jr., who played for the Seattle Mariners, and he was like player of the year, and just he loved him. And so his uncle, um, who worked for an international chemical company, spent the whole year trying to find him a signed Ken Griffey Jr. baseball hat. And he started out with some local items, and he traded, and he paid, and he traded, and he paid. So finally, um, for his Christmas present, he opened it, and there was a Ken Griffey Jr. signed hat. And I have no idea what it cost. I'm sure it was more than he needed to have spent. And so he loved it. He put it in a case and saved it until the next year at around Thanksgiving, we started packing our box. And we always had to pack a little boy box because I have two sons. And that would make me crazy because I was wanting to do little girls, but they wanted to do boys. So we got our box all packed and ready to go. And here comes eight-year-old Chris coming through the hallway crying, bringing his Ken Griffey Jr. hat. And he said, Mama, the Lord said I need to give my Ken Griffey Jr. hat away. And so I said, oh, baby, I, I think maybe you should go back and pray again and, and tell God you're willing. But you I don't, don't think really... you heard God. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and I said, I really don't think little boys in these places have ever heard of Ken Griffey Jr. They don't have television. And he said, no, Mama, God said this little boy loves baseball and he loves Ken Griffey Jr., And so I put it in the box, but then late that night, I told my husband, I said, I'm going to get up and go get the hat out of the box and save it. And 20 years from now, he'll be glad I saved it. And my husband said, no, you're not. You're going to let our child obey God and give up that hat. So we don't know where the King Griffey Jr. hat went, but I just looked it up while ago on the Internet, and it is now worth $500 even now. So somewhere in the world, there's a little boy who loved Ken Griffey Jr., and he's probably a 30-year-old man now as well. And uh, someday we'll meet him in heaven. Amen. You know, when you hear stories like that, you personalize it. This is what happens on on mission projects with your family. It becomes personal. So it gets a double thing here, guys, where, where here it is. As a family, you'd be doing this. Yes. But then each one of those children... It take became real. responsibility and even praying about it and <laughs> you had taught them well amen and operation christmas child this year is 25 years old wow they have given 168 million shoe boxes and this year their goal was 11 if my math is right after this year it will be 179 million. Wow. So I, I got a feeling, you know, it's going to be 2 million before long. <laughs> and I travel all over with my wife and I, United States, most churches that we've been a part of, they do Operation Christmas Child. It's just a part of what they do. And regardless of what it is, Samaritan's Purse put the gospel in, in, the, in the box before they send them off. So each one of those children get a message concerning who Jesus Christ is and opportunity to know him. And we truly believe that little boy will be in heaven and we'll get to meet him. Amen. Well, I I really believe God orchestrates the direction of Mm -hmm. those of what is needed. I've heard too many stories about people getting toothbrushes that needed a toothbrush, even a radio that needed a radio. Yes. And, And God 
That's amazing. Isn't he? I mean, it's not. We, we look at 168 million. We say, wow, God looks at one and wow. gets it there. That's who God is. Amen. That's how powerful God Amen. is. Amen. Thank you, Joy, for sharing that. Thank you. Matthew, we're going to turn to you. Not going to let the rookie go last. You know, we're going to get you in here. Uh, I was talking to you and said, is there something your family does? And you said, my wife is the main person behind that, you know. And most of us men, Bo said, well, my wife would know more than I would. So <laughs> my wife knows more than me, too. So we're all we're in the same group. But tell us about your family and what you, you guys have done and do for Christmas Missional Project. <clears throat> well, we have a couple of things that we do. Um, one of them is it has to do with the operation. Oh, I'm sorry, the um, the AFA wristbands, the Keep Christ in Christmas wristbands. And we started this about uh, two years ago, I think, uh, and we just had the idea that we would uh, get 25 of those per person in our family, and it would be our goal f- uh, from the first day of December until Christmas uh, for each of us to give out uh, a wristband each day. Um, and so we did that. And the first day, December the first, December the first, twenty five wristbands December per per 25th. person in the family. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I, I repeat that because that one is I, I hear the lights going off in people's <laughs> minds. You know, I know this is playing late. They say I'm going to do that next year. So that's that's great. Go ahead. Um, and then that that just gives us the opportunity um, to uh, brighten someone's day. Uh, share the gospel with them, maybe pray with them, um, you know, whatever that person is in need of at that time. Um, Tell us the age of your children so people will know what. Well, when we, uh, about. the first year we did it, we only had three boys, uh, and they would have been uh, eight, seven, and five at that time. They're they're uh, a little older now, but um, so and we. Pretty much, we, we try to focus the effort on, on them giving out the wristbands as much as possible um, to teach them at a young age uh, to be able to share their faith. And um, it's really been a blessing. And, and another thing we do, another aspect of it is uh, my wife uh, each year uh, draws a cross on a canvas and paints it up, and it looks really nice. And as we share the wristbands, we try to remember the names of those um, and we come home and we write those names on that cross. And then so we pray for those each and every day. Wow. Um, and we don't always remember the specific names. And so, you know, it may be just the man in the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll write that on there. and We'll remember his face and who he is. And uh, and we'll come home and, and pray for those people. And so um, it's amazing, it, it you know, to see it, um, you know, bring a smile to a face of somebody who's kind of down and out or, uh, give the opportunity to pray for somebody or, or just to, you know, people even ask, uh, well, how much does it cost? And, of course, you know, the answer is, well, it's free. And, and uh, the opportunity to show them that uh, not everything in life costs. You know, the gift of salvation is free. It's a free gift. And so just a way to uh, minister to others. And you boys, are they do that. You're training the, them. Training them early. Uh, and it's amazing how courageous they are. Um at an early age, they've not learned to be fearful yet, and so you start to train them up early. And uh, they've we've got some uh, really good stories that you know that we could tell. Um, it's just amazing some of the things that they're able to do at such a young age. Yeah, and we praise the Lord for that, Matthew. You're also pastor of a church. Yes, sir. Okay, we we 
Sometimes we keep that hidden. <laughs> uh, we pastors, sometimes we like to slip up on people. Right, you know? that's right. And uh, they think we're regular. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so what's the name of your church? We New, just want to give them a shout out. Some of right. them may be listening to you today, uh, man. New Hope Baptist Church in New Webster Hope. County. In Webster County, Mississippi. That's right. This guy drives about an hour every day to work. Now right. you get you get time to be along with the Lord. That's right. You? That's Amen. right. I do. Uh, Matthew, thank you for that story. Oh, Praise the you. Lord for that that good news and uh, we thank god for that okay we, next we're going to go to bo hefner <laughs> bo we, yes, you've been anticipating this and uh <laughs> i know i appreciate it and you're not just you work here but you also you've got another position in a church tell us about a little bit about what you do that with the youth there in that church Lighthouse Baptist Church, uh, I just call myself the youth guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't need the official titles, but I've, I've been there oh, close to 10 years. In New been, Albany, Mississippi. New Albany, Mississippi, and been serving as the, the youth guy along with my wife, the youth lady, <laughs> uh, for for seven years now. And that's kind of where our mission part comes into this story is that I found that as I tie my kids into the local church, um, that is the area where we've seen – the most blessings in our family is getting our our boys and now some more children that we'll get to in a minute tied into um, doing the programs there at the church. If that's from us creating a program or if that's the program the church is already using, we've done from Operation Christmas Child to um, we've handed out some of those bracelets that you mentioned, but also adopting children off the Christmas tree um, and letting those kids go out as a group. And uh, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And as you stand back in the stores or the mall and you watch this group of kids or youth go from what you thought were selfish <laughs> and only wanted for themselves in Christmas, uh, they go out into the stores. And I've seen them stand there and absolutely talk about how much this child or that child they've never met would enjoy this toy or this pair of socks. And it sees, and what we see as parents is uh, a different side of our children as we time into the local church, time into those programs, and it it strengthens not only them and us, but it strengthens those kids that are in those youth programs that may not get to see this in their homes. They uh they may not have that loving family, and all of a sudden they're in a store with another family or another youth or child, and they are out there uh, more concerned about somebody else than themselves. And that's just a picture of Christ to me that. Um, they sit there and think, how can I get something for this person that they would really need and enjoy? And I think God looks at it the same way. How can he bless us in our lives, but also the free gift of salvation that he offers and that we're taking from the church or from our own pockets and we're going to provide something for somebody that we've never met. And um, that is the motivation that I get out of the other side of Christmas of doing the mission part of it is is those things. And it gives, it also does this, it, it leaves a lifelong memory with those kids and youth that the church is the church and that they're going out each and every time during this program or during this uh, just afternoon away, and um, we're being the church. We're loving people the way they should be loved even when we don't know them. So I think it, puts a, it paints a picture in their life of Christ. Amen. And even if they don't stay in that church, if they don't stay with us at Lighthouse and they move to another church or maybe they leave church, they have the lifelong memory that one time they were uh, the hands and feet, as we say, um, of Jesus. And hopefully that draws them back. And when the the Christmas season comes, those memories will come back. And it, that will be something that reminds them. And hopefully it changes their life one day. Hopefully they receive salvation. 
uh, just as we hope for these kids we're buying for the same thing. So that is what we do as a family um, is really get tied into the local church and what they're doing there at, at Lighthouse. And there's churches across our county, state, nation doing the same programs and same things. And um, so it's been a blessing to us, and I know it's a blessing to those that receive it. Also, those children that do not have a relationship with parents, with you doing this with your children, you're demonstrating something yeah. to them, Bo. Right. Matthew, that's valuable, isn't it? Amen. I mean, you're a pastor, and when you see the, some of the people that come that have no family and that may be children, and then they're included on that, it makes it, it makes, it's a double it's a double compounded ministry in mission, Bo, is what, what it does. And, and to prove that point is the reason that I'm passionate uh, on those things, and we've done those things in the past and hope we continue to do them in the future, is I was that child that somebody was shopping for. You know, So I've been on the opposite Amen. side of that. So the um, when I was a child, same way, the reason we had Christmases a lot of times were due to churches. I didn't understand it. I just know things showed up on my doorstep. Mm -hmm. And in the same fashion, after I mentioned my two boys in doing this, we adopted four other children, churches again, kids, adults, established, tied to their local church, uh, bringing things to those four kids when they were in need as foster kids. So I've been on the other side of that, and uh, that's where the passion and the I think the heart of it comes from. Amen. If you are listening and you wonder, what can I do? I think we've given you some pretty yes. good stuff to do. Uh, Bo, thank you for that. Amen. Amen. And we're here. We're just enjoying this as a group to hearing what everybody has to say. I and need we a got clean. Yeah, we got to have Kleenex here. And uh, so, but our other guest is Ann Reed. And Ann, uh, you know, Christmas is the time when you usually have some extra time off. Mm. And so that's time to spend it with your family and spend it doing <laughs> decorating and everything. You found something else to do with your time off. Tell us about it. Well, I really have a heart for the ministry of, of Eight Days of Hope. Um, and that is a partner ministry of American Family Association. I think they've been founded for about 15 years now. And so we've been working with them from the beginning and have just loved to watch. Um, before my husband and I came here, we were with a disaster relief ministry. So, you know, we, we love to, to be a part of that. And like Bo, it's because it's a part of my story. God used a disaster in my life to draw me to him. So I think God uses things that we've gone through to give us a compassion for others. So I already had a heart for this ministry. And then um, our church is really involved um, with programs for uh, individuals who have been caught up in addictions. And we've started a new ministry for uh, women who have been sex trafficked. And so um, this is another place that I'm really, um, my heart is drawn toward and have had the opportunity to to mentor one of the young ladies in that program, which I just absolutely love. And so Eight Days of Hope has started a new arm of their ministry where they are not only going into areas that are damaged by natural disasters, um, but they or hope to begin to, within at some point in time in 2020, start building safe homes, the facilities for um, to provide long-term care for women, men, 
children uh, who have been um, caught up in sex trafficking. So they've already done one of those projects, have already completed it. And so the second project they will be doing is in Texas. And so um, when I read about that, this is a, a home that has already been in existence for about a year. And so we have a, a severe shortage of, of beds for individuals who have been trafficked in our nation. Um, we only have a little over 600. And so this That's nationwide nationwide. nationwide so it is a available. it is a severe shortage. Yes. So this home has been in existence for about a year and it's a home for girls who have been trafficked. And so I read about that and my heart just went out. Um, and then I learned that because the home has already been built, what they will be building there is, is equine therapy facilities. And if you don't know what that is, it's just using horses um, to uh, help. It's trauma-informed therapy to, to help people heal I using, stop using horses. Remember where you are. It's amazing mm-hmm. what horses for yes. autistic children and uh, children with autism, other issues at All the house. All kinds of disabilities. And, and no things. wonder Jesus is coming back on a horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they, they, God made them, I believe, to, to min- I don't know how to say, I, I yeah. hesitate to use the word minister, but they do. I've seen it yeah. many times. Yeah. And so praise the Lord. That's not an extravagant <laughs> thing. It is a very helpful thing. Yes, very much so. So I contacted Chris Childs with Eight Days of Hope and said, you know, what they do for that particular ministry is they go in for two weeks. Uh, They take up to 35 or maybe more than 35, maybe that's their minimum, skilled workers um, to build the facilities within that two-week time frame. So I thought to myself, well, I don't really fall in that category, you know, (laughs) of a skilled worker. So I said, can you take kind of not skilled workers, you know, just to help? You always have to have helpers. And he said, actually, what we need are painters. Can you paint? And I was like, yeah, my dad was a contractor. He started me on painting projects at a very young age. I have done a can lot you do, of painting. Can you paint trim work? Yes. Ooh, man, <laughs> if a valuable commodity, trim work. <laughs> so I don't know if I would be in the category of skilled, but you know, pretty close. Yeah. And so I was really excited about that. And since I'll be doing the finishing, helping with the finishing work with painting, uh, I'll be going in the second week. And so I'm just really excited. Well, so you're giving, I mean, honestly, time that you got for vacation time, yeah. you're taking it and spending it there. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Although I, I do have to, that's a little bit of a disclaimer I need to put out there. That was my original plan. Yeah. But American Family Association is a wonderful organization. Amen. And uh, I will be doing a story while I'm there and, and possibly some radio interviews and things. So it, it became an official AFA. So the sacrifice trip. that you were willing <laughs> to make was given to you and received back. So you Amen. do not lose. That's AFR. I, I don't, I'm glad you brought Amen. that up because <laughs> yes. that is the ministry that we work for. And. Uh, our, our mission statement, everybody knows about the education, they know about the information, they know about the activation, but the latter part of it is that we might aid the church in carrying out the Great Commission at Amen. home Amen. and around the world. Amen. I want to thank you guys for your stories. We hope this has helped those who are listening to be on mission for Christ and so that it would be helpful that you take the message of Jesus Christ, not just across the street, but down the street mm-hmm. and around the community Amen. and around the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and we hope you have a merry, merry Christmas.